2: Let's go racing here at Knoxville. Only the best
0: go three of the best. It left. is
2: showtime
0: at Williams Grove Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Eldora Speedway, it's showtime. You've you got a for a rest. Often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest show on your own. Oh.
2: It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy,
1: because, ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime! Set to do battle for 30 laps, the green flag is waving! Hello again, it is Wing Nation here on Motor Racing Network, so glad you joined us, talking sprint car racing, our favorite time of the week, and we are, again, so glad that you have joined us. Aaron Evernham and Steve Post here, as we are so Ready for the season to begin.
3: I know, I mean, can't wait. I've got T V <sighs> is ready for tonight.
1: God, we've got to get some sprint cars on the racetrack. Now we had some three sixties last week, but then we got all washed out this week, other than Pete Walton, of course, getting races in and then yep. uh, but then we've you know we got all stars tonight, all stars tomorrow night, outlaws. Man, good stuff that's for sure yeah i'm ready for yeah, it it is it's gonna be good it's gonna be a good year that's for sure so how are you how's things i'm good how
3: was la how is LA the was la was racing the coliseum
1: racing in the coliseum was phenomenal it is such a weird dynamic okay and and honestly honestly sprint car racing is the same thing too and we're in quite the debate right now in sprint car racing with pay-per-view and live yeah. events and everything else and there were 50 plus thousand people that thought the clash at the Coliseum was spectacular, one of the greatest things they've ever seen. And then everybody else is in categories from I was good to the worst thing that ever happened. But the 50,000 were the ones that were there. Yeah. The event was bonkers. I am telling you, it was nuts. And I know a lot of my friends on social media, maybe not Wiz Khalifa fans, okay? In and Cypress, you, Hill. And Cypress Hill. In Cypress Hill, Old school, yeah. Brought me back to high school. Yeah, I know a lot of you might not have been, and you all turned everything off and are never going to watch NASCAR again, and until the Daytona 500 airs next week. But there were fifty thousand people in the grandstands there that were dancing their brains out, (laughs) and so the event was the event was fun. The event is really really cool, Um, but I think. I think motorsports, I've really thought about this a lot. I think motorsports, and this is all motorsports, sprint car racing and and everything else, I think it has got to be, I think it's comparable to hockey. Hockey is eh, all right on TV. Yeah. Spectacular in person. I'd agree
3: with that.
1: Motorsports is good on TV, solid on TV, solid on pay-per-view, but it's so much better in person. I I think what's cool, I think like Dirt Vision, when you get Johnny doing the call, I think you're closer to in person than probably anything else, True. because you get the, the 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 you wanted the best you got them like we like we have in our opening there, but still, and and again right now uh, with with Flow Racing with Lincoln Speedway and Port had a points today that they're good to go with Flow and the whole debate about going to the racetrack, there is nothing, there is nothing, Fox, NBC, MRN. PRN dirt vision flow name your revenue name your stream name your stream there's nothing any of us can do that is good as in person no and that's the thing and I think that's the message we need to that's the message we need to get out to the Sprint car world well, okay you know
3: honestly I feel like that's across the board in life
1: like yeah, you're right. I catch
3: my child watching YouTube videos. Of people riding ponies and out playing, and I'm like, "How about we actually go out and play? What a concept! And stop watching someone else play."
1: Yeah, but it's, it's the same
3: thing. But yeah, we're all stuck in front of these screens.
1: Screens, yes, yeah. absolutely. I oh, by the way, to every
3: facet, public of
1: service announcement. Nothing to do with <laughs> motorsports. Uh, my friend Paul Kelly, who's with Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Paul did this on his Twitter, and I'm going to forward it on. From six o'clock tonight to sometime tomorrow midday, turn off your Twitter because the State of the Union address is going on.
3: Oh. Yeah,
1: so turn off your Twitter, turn off your social media. It's it's garbage. It's just so much crap out there. And get out and live it. Go to a sprint car race. <laughs> you are going to love a sprint car race better than you'll like it on Dirt Vision and Flow. And Dirt Vision and Flow, we love Dirt Vision and Flow and everybody else who mm-hmm. does it. But it is so much better in person. That's the L.A. Coliseum. That's the L.A. Coliseum. And, uh, you know... I mean, it just is. It just is. It was fantastic. It, it, I'm like, I'm leaving there, and it's just like, oh my god, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I have. I love. I love calling live pit stops. Yeah. And I literally, there is a hip hop concert going on, and every and fifty thousand people dancing. And I look to my left, and there's guys servicing pit cards, <laughs> and our, our NASCAR cars. And I'm just like, I don't even know how this could get better, okay. you know. And then I get back to the hotel and I go on Twitter and find out what a no good piece of crap it is. I'm like, well, you know what? Y'all are wrong on Twitter. I was there in person and it was great. So the message to the sprint car world is get to races. That's the message. Yep. And it all starts this week. Tonight and tomorrow night, All-Star Circuit of Champions. This is the Hefner Racing Product Hot Topics, by the way. All-Star Circuit of Champions, and I am so geeked up. Thursday through Saturday, World of Outlaw, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. Let's get after it. Mm-hmm. And it, and we had all this year of, oh, nobody's going to follow the Outlaws. And, oh, High Limits is going to put them out of business. And rah-rah and yeehaw and yippee ki And we're going to have a badass World of Outlaw season this year with all of the top drivers. Yep. It's going to be awesome, and in the middle of the week, we're going to have badass Tuesday-Wednesday night racing on the High Limit Series with an incredible list of drivers. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have the All-Stars, and we're going to have Pennsylvania, and we're going to have California, and we're going to have the Midwest. We're going to have all of it, but folks, again, get out to the racetrack. Get out to the racetrack. That's what you need to do, but it all starts this weekend. Thank God it all starts this weekend. (laughs) I cannot wait. I'm so sick. I I want to be talking about... Who won? Who did this? Who did that? Not Who's not going where? <laughs> I mean, let's go. Get after it. Now, I alluded to this early on. We know that when it comes to having races, nobody wants races more than Pete Walton. So, USCS did race. Winter Heat. Uh, Friday and Saturday, Henry County Speedway. Friday night was Mark Smith picking up the win. Pauly uh, uh, Davey Franek. Saturday was Davey Franek, Jordan Poirier, and Gavin Bochelle. Uh, Gavin Bochelle and that new uh, Christopher Bell, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Kemenod team. Um, we're going to talk to Mark Smith in a little bit because Mark's got, uh, Mark's got a little something, something going on for central Pennsylvania fans as well uh-huh. in the 410 world. Oh, you think this guy's just out taking all the money from, uh, from the 360 guys. He's got to try to take some money out of Pennsylvania as well. Uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, we'll talk to Mark and, um, one of the fun follows over the last three, four weeks has been Tony Bakhoven Uh, Tony got a chance yeah. to go over and do the grand annual classic. Uh, with Wade, and he did the, and so we're going to talk to Tony, and, and the timing of this was great, because last night, the Marion County Fair Board nice. announced, uh, uh, approved the purses. Yep. Holy cow! For the 360 Nationals and the Knoxville Nationals, fifteen grand to start the Knoxville. The fifteen
3: Nationals. grand to start is pretty
1: awesome. That is pretty awesome, no doubt about it. So um, I, we had we had yesterday. I wanted to get Tony on the show, so I was really glad they announced that last night yeah. because we'll get a chance to talk to Tony about that. So uh, it is good. It is no, it is not good. It is great. It really is. Of course, I've been to a racetrack. Y'all need to get to racetrack. That's the theme. Get to the track. <laughs> It is, good. it is going to be, it's going man, this weekend, I'm all pumped up about it. Another thing I'm all pumped up about is our friends at Hefner Racing Products. Now, HRP Wings, they're the original Reset Rivet Wing manufacturer. They use wind tunnel and track performance testing to outpace the industry in design, innovation, and functionality.
3: Yep, yeah, and it's not only for sprint cars, but Lightning Sprints, Micros, and Junior Sprints, and they can ship across the world and can be economically ground shipped to your door
1: www.hrpracing.com, hrpracing.com. Stay with us. The Sage Fruit Hotline's going to get fired up here in a little bit, and Mark Smith, he joins us first. Sage Fruit is a premium grower, packer, and shipper of Washington tree fruit. Apples, pears, and cherries, and it's always an exceptional eating experience, and they're grown in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Not only is their produce healthy, but they are grown with such care and precision that you can count on each piece of fruit having exceptional flavor. High quality fruit, exceptional flavor, healthy snacking. Make sure when you go to your local grocery store, ask for Sage Fruit. Sage Fruit, it's our first choice for quick and easy snacking.
2: Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing-only magazine in the world, featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more.
1: Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport, and great one-on-one interviews with the top drivers. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit, Aaron Evernham, Steve Post, and a guy we probably talk to as much as anybody because he just wins a darn lot of races. <laughs> um, he joins us, I pro, I'm assuming, from the state of Florida. Who knows? He might be in Sunbury. might be Mississippi. He might be, Lord knows where he's at. Mark Smith joins us. Hello, Mark. How are you? And we've lost Mark. Mark Smith, how are you?
4: Are you there yes
1: we are there are you there <laughs> I am here <laughs> where where are you at mark
4: I am actually in my shop at in Pennsylvania
1: see that I yeah, would have had you wrong. I would have had you in Florida I'd have had you down south there in the sunshine but it sounds like someone must be getting some work done today
4: yeah well I had to get back i got a uh, I got a lot of work to get done <laughs> um so I'm kind of flying back and forth right now but I'll I'll be heading back down on Sunday or Monday.
1: Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Well, uh, you kicked off the season or been been racing a little bit. You went down to Henry County on Friday night and scored the win. It uh, has to be good to get a win out of the way here in February and get the rust knocked off and just get things started for your 2023 season.
4: Yeah, it sure is. Uh, you know, you sit around all winter and then you, you, you get down there and every year it's just like, okay we're going to get another win this year or not. And so we ended up getting our first win on the first race of the year. So that that got that out of the way and pressure's off now. So we got one win so far this year, and, and we got a top five the next night. So hopefully next weekend we can go to East Bay and win all of those because that's my goal is win all three nights.
3: Wow. Mark, it, it seems like uh, between what Pete Walton's doing and th- just things in Florida, there's a little bit more 360 racing. We always had East Bay to go to, but now you got Hendry County. He had them over at Volusia. What is that like for the 360 guys to give them a little bit more racing early in the year?
4: Uh, it, it's a good jump start. You know, um, obviously, it's expensive to drive down there from up here. Um, I'm lucky to have a, be able to drive for somebody that's out of Jacksonville, which is uh terry witherspoon and jd mcleary they um you know they've been I, I drove for them down there last year so it, it it makes it a lot easier on the wallet when you can just show up and drive for somebody <laughs> instead of being a car
1: owner no doubt no doubt i'm sure about that that is for sure um you got together with terry and the, that 43 car last year and um it looks like they've got pretty good equipment looks like you've got yourself a pretty good piece when you go when you go run those 360 races.
4: Yeah, we sure do. Um, you know, like we started off the year here at Hendry with a win and a top five on uh, the second night. And um, you know, last year I don't think uh, the whole time we were racing, I don't think we were out of out of the top three in Florida. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can go down and and uh, kind of repeat that. It'll actually, be a little better because uh, my goal, my my goal every year going to East Bay is to win all three nights. I've gotten the first two nights once and run second to final night. So I'm slowly trying to get to that point. But, you know, it's it's obviously it's really tough to even just get one win there. But, uh, you know, you got to set a goal for yourself. So that's, that's my goal for the year.
3: Well, it sounds like you've got some pretty good chances. Mark, I know we talked to you in early in the year in previous years, and you've stayed down in the South and you mentioned now you're flying back and forth, working at the chassis business. I assume, what is that is it, How different is that for you to have to fly back and forth and worry about business and not just spend that time down in Florida and focus on racing?
4: Well, I mean, it's, it, it kind of, it's, it's kind of hectic and a little tough to, to keep focused on what you're doing. But, uh, um, you know, I'm, I, I got all my maintenance done before I left so we're pretty much ready to go uh you know for for the next races. So it's not it's not too awful bad but I got so much work here in the in the chassis deal that um you know I I can't stay away very long. There there before when when covid and stuff was going on I wasn't busy at all so I could stay away. But now I got to be around and take care of this stuff.
1: Yeah. How is, in general terms, I don't need to get into your business as far as dollar and cents go, but chassis manufacturing, the chassis business, you sound like you're busy. Uh, things are, are, are things rolling along well in that industry?
4: Yeah, so far. Um, you know, I sent a bunch of cars out to uh, Indiana this year, which was a hard market I've been trying to get into for the last 12 years. And being that Kyle Cummins started, you know, winning all those races last year with our stuff. Um, that kind of might have opened up a little bit of some eyes there. And uh, we ended up sending a bunch of non-wing cars out to Indiana this winter. So um, hopefully he'll go down here to Florida and, and uh, keep repeating what he's been doing.
3: Mark, what does your schedule look like for the year? I know um, we've, there's been some mention of a 410 ride in Pennsylvania. I'm sure you've got more 360 stuff on the docket. But I, And, you know, sometimes you're jumping in trucks and you're racing silver crown cars. What does your schedule look like for the <laughs> yeah. year?
4: Well, uh, we haven't sat down. I'm going to be driving for Ron Rutherford this year in the 19 car in Pennsylvania. And uh, we haven't really sat down and nailed down a schedule yet. We were pretty much waiting until I got done with all the stuff in florida but um you know we're we're planning to do about 40 races with his stuff and uh you know i'm gonna dabble with some non-wing stuff in there and i still have my silver crown car so i'll probably i'll probably do about three to four races with my silver crown car and then you know who knows whatever else pops up you know (laughs) i just i'll drive whatever
1: Mark, Mark, you always fascinate me because th- there are some guys that just do non-wing, some guys that do wing. Is is this just kind of what scratches your itch? I mean, I, I know you're you're also you're building chassis, so uh, success mm-hmm. in non-wing cars and wing cars, but you just seem to be this drifter kind of character that that'll run wing shows, four tens, three sixties, and everything. Is that just kind of fit your style?
4: I, I guess
1: um, you know I, I I I like to run a
4: little bit of everything. Um, just because it also helps my customers, you know, when it comes down to giving them information, uh, you know, so, you know, I can, I can help them with the non-wing stuff. Maybe not as much as I can with the wing stuff. Um, you know, cause I'm, I got, I got a lot to learn with the non-wing stuff. I, I mean, I can, I'm, I can, I know enough to be dangerous. That's about it with the <laughs> with the non-wing stuff, but, um, uh, but the wing stuff, you know, I can help in doing all the variety of non or wing or three sixty to four ten it uh you know it just helps me keep up with kind of what's going on with chassis stuff you know because from the three sixty to the four tens it's you know it's it's different i mean it's they're the same but different um, and obviously the non wing stuff's completely different but it just helps me keep sharp on setups and and uh, also you know I just i i I like driving whatever I can get in.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Mark, when I first met you, you are certainly a staple in the in the Pennsylvania 410 world. And like Steve's saying, last few years, it seems like you're running 360 stuff, all these different types of cars. Now you're going back running 40 races in PA. That's got to be pretty neat. I know you have a big fan base there, and I, obviously your business is there. So it's got to be neat to, to know you're going to be spending some time with the posse.
4: Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be... Uh... It'd be nice to kind of stay close to home. I did it last year a little bit, um, you know. Just I started staying close to home as a car owner just because of the, the fuel prices and stuff. It was just so expensive to mm-hmm. to travel, and um, you know, and it's getting tougher me for me as a car owner to keep on with the with these cost increases. It just it just gets tougher and tougher to do it. So I've been trying to find, uh, you know. Somebody that I could drive for this year, so I, you know, I'm I'm able to bring some of my equipment along, and supply to, you know, another partner to uh, be able to, be able to keep doing this stuff and uh, it just make it easier on everybody, you know, as far as, you know, Ron, you know, he's he's going to be the sole car, car owner, and I'm just going to be the driver, and I'm just bringing some equipment and, and uh, so basically I'm just a, a hired driver.
1: That's neat. That really is, now, and I understand Ron has. I believe Ron's son Tyler runs three sixty eights. Is there a little bit of a uh, little bit of mentorship and some assist maybe that you're going to give with him as well? Oh
4: yeah, yeah. We're um, there's a whole plan there. Um, you know, we're gonna you know work with him and stuff. You know, when we're not doing st- uh, we're we're not racing, and uh, hopefully we can you know mentor him into the four tens later. Uh, within a few years and you know that that's kind of the plan and then that'll kind of help me kind of work out of the driving part of it and maybe get into a uh, a crew chief type role
1: is that is that something you would relish
4: uh yeah i think so i mean i haven't really done it yet so i can't really say (laughs) for sure but (laughs) um i uh You know, because I'm not getting any younger, and, uh, you know, I want to go out still winning races and stuff. I don't want to be hanging around, just kind of running around just to race. Uh, um, If I don't go to the racetrack, I'm not thinking I'm going to win. I don't want to be going, you know. So, um, But, you know, everybody's got to find something to do when they they get – quit this stuff. So hopefully in a couple years I can, you know – mentor maybe Tyler and uh we can you know have something for later down the road that I can work towards
1: neat great great stuff well I'm always happy when Pete Walton sends out a note that you've picked up another win or whoever picks out sends up a note you picked up another win we congratulate you on that and uh we always appreciate the time and wish you the best going down there to East Bay to get three three that's what we're looking for down there Thursday Friday and Saturday wish you the best on that mark all right, well, thanks. Thanks for having me on, and I always appreciate your time. You got it, absolutely. Mark Smith joining us. Boy, i tell you what, you're, you're Tyler Rutherford, and you're going to get mentorship from Mark Smith. You're in uh, Mark's excited about it, and I'm sure Ron is, but I'm telling you, if I'm Tyler, I'm not sleeping at night <laughs> because uh, Mark, is, uh, Mark has been there, done it, seen it all, bought the T-shirt, sold the T-shirt, yeah. bought the fuel, sold the fuel, bought the car, sold the car. I mean, he's done it all, and <laughs> it that's really why he's has. just such a fascinating guy. I uh, love getting a chance to talk to Mark Smith. We did that on the Sage Fruit Hotline. Stay with us. When we come back our old buddy Tony Bachoven from out in uh, Knoxville he joins us next. Sage Fruit is a premium grower, packer and shipper of Washington tree fruit. Apples, pears and cherries and it's always an exceptional eating experience and they're grown in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Not only is their produce healthy, but they are grown with such care and precision that you can count on each piece of fruit having exceptional flavor. High quality fruit, exceptional flavor, healthy snacking. Make sure when you go to your local grocery store, ask for sage fruit. Sage fruit, it's our first choice for quick and easy snacking.
4: The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit will be our track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway inside the museum's main floor from April 3rd through October 2nd this year. You'll learn about the beginning of Williams Grove Speedway and the evolution of sprint car racing on the East Coast through eight of the iconic big cars and sprint cars that made up the history of Mechanic Birds Pennsylvania's Williams Grove Speedway. Plus, you'll see videos of historic National Open Sprint Car races and other racing events that put Williams Grove on the map. That's the track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway, featured April 3rd through October 2nd at the only museum in the world solely dedicated to sprint car racing, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville,
1: Iowa. We appreciate Bob Baker and everyone at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum and uh, when I just say Knoxville. When I say Knoxville, I think of <laughs> my, my, my buddy out there, Tony Bachoven. Man, I'll tell you what. I cannot wait to see what they have going on this year there. But Tony got a head start on all of us. Yeah. yeah and I'm not start. all that happy about it, actually. You yeah, know, I'm I mean. I'm a little envious. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot envious. Uh, <laughs> he went down. He did the Grand Annual Classic. Was down there in Australia. And he joins us on the Sage Fruit Hotline. Hello, Tony. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you guys? We are fantastic. Big picture, what was it like to go to Australia in the uh, in the summertime down there?
2: It was, you know, the first time for me uh, at a sprint car race in Australia, so that was really cool, um, but it was great. Uh, they do things a little bit different than we do here in the United States, which was fun to experience, and, uh, you know, uh, they, they call things from an announcer's perspective. Uh, they call things differently than we do, so that was kind of fun, and so... Uh, you know, now I'm a, about a week after I'm still thinking about some of the cool things that happened. It was just a great experience.
3: Tony, when you say that they call things different and they do things a little different, I'm curious what, what that to, to dive into that a little bit more. We had uh Brad sweet on our show. That's going to air later in the week on MAV TV yesterday. And he talked about some of that, some of the format, some of how they just do things. I just want, can you elaborate a little bit for us?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so of course their format's different, right? Yeah. They run the two heat race format compared to what we do. Um, you know, from from a the first night they they called the drivers to the dummy grid. I about fell off my chair. You know, I'm like I I like the dummy grid. You know, we call that drivers to staging, yeah. right? So they call it the dummy grid. Um, you know, when they when they do a lineup, they say going from 1 or going from 2 and you know, we would say starting on the pole or outside of row one or starting on the inside of the second row. So they, they do that stuff a little different. Um, You know, just some of those things that I thought was kind of cool. It caught me off guard um, that I wasn't expecting just because, you know, we haven't been, you know, that's not how we do things here, right? We just do it different. Mm
1: But um, so things like that probably caught me off guard the most. Tony what's the what's the sprint car vibe down there the what's what's it what's it like you've you've obviously been part of the 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 North American Knoxville Nationals now the Grand Annual Classic which is the Australian version what's the vibe like of that event You know it's it's very similar um, they they do something called the running of the
2: bulls right <laughs> so when we think of running of the bulls you know you 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 imagine what happens in Brazil when they run in front of the bulls Well, when they, they, everybody gets in the queue to get into the facility and to get your seat, you run as fast as you can (laughs) and you claim your spot on one of the Hills. Oh Um, but they are super passionate about racing there. Um, the, the amount of times I got asked about, you know, do I think that an American can compete, uh, easily in Australia easily is the key word there. And, you know they're very in tune with what's going on in the United States at Knoxville at Eldora in Pennsylvania they they don't miss a thing there so um when we talk about passionate sprint car fans um sometimes we forget about the Australia sprint car fans right because we're thinking about all the the big pockets of racing around here but they're very 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 passionate sprint car fans there and and trust me when when you start talking about thinking that, you know, Sheldon's going to beat so-and-so, um, they're quick to tell you why that's not the case. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tony, I got to run the the Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic uh, almost 20 years ago now, and I remember the, the vibe there. It was crazy strong back then. Um, people are very passionate about sprint car racing, but they were very hospitable. Like, they were... Um, I mean, they'd hand you a beer at nine o'clock in the morning, but I just yeah. loved the Australian. Um, they were so welcoming. Did you seem to experience that as well?
2: I did. And, you know, one of the things, Aaron, that I thought was cool is, you know, they line that entire facility with race fans, mm-hmm. um, you know, whereas we would have a, a grandstand on the front straightaway or on the back chute, you know, at Knoxville, they, they circle that entire racetrack with fans and uh, there were a couple of times I walked over to Mount Mass and I could have had beer. I could have had sandwiches. <laughs> I could have had anything I wanted um, because they just welcome you in. Um, you know, at, at premier, they, they sell postman. You love it. They sell these cinnamon donuts that oh. are Aaron. You probably remember them. They're the best hot donut you've ever had in your mm-hmm. life. Um, and I went and called a heat race from outside of, turns one and two, which is Kent city over there. It's all these big pop-up tents. And I couldn't hardly get out of there because they wanted me to come in and have a Coke or have some donuts or, you know, they, they love Americans as much as we love having Australians come over here. And um, that was really cool for me to experience because, you know, I'm, I'm just an announcer. I am not the show. Right. And so um, I would tell you that I got treated every bit as good as the drivers did.
1: My gosh, that is so cool. One of the things in common is, is some racers, like Brooke, Ta- or, um, Brooke Tattnall was over there, um, yep. you know, the Madsen boys, a lot of, a lot of um, familiar people as far as that goes. What, what was that like, guys that you, you call, you know, every, um, <laughs> th- that's got to be weird to call them in their native land and to be around them in their native land.
2: Yeah, I, I mentioned that very thing, Postman, at the at the breakfast that they have um, kicked the whole weekend off was um, as an announcer, but more as a front car fan. It was really cool for me to be able to um, announce those guys in their home country, you know, because I've announced hundreds of their races in in the United States, but to, to be able to to talk about Brooke, who's from Sandusky, New South Wales in new south wales was (laughs) really cool and you know when you're probably the same way like for me my first question was "Are how close are we to bridgewater south australia because that's where jamie moyle's from right and so uh, those people um they love those guys when brooke catnall walks into a room Mm -hmm. uh elvis has showed up (laughs) and and they they appreciate Terry Madsen more than I could ever imagine, and so um, it was fun to finally get a call them in their home country because you know I real realistically probably thought I would never get to do that, and to hear the crowd cheer for them is like hearing you know the crowd cheer when Terry McCarroll pulls on the racetrack or or Brian Brown pulls on the racetrack. I mean they love those guys and they love the fact that they come over to the United States are and are competitive.
3: Yeah. Tony, when you're announcing over there, when you talked about the different lingo, did you try to use their lingo or did you stick to what we do in America? And I have this tendency when I'm talking to someone who has an accent that I start to talk a little bit like them. Does, does that ever happen when you're, on, I mean, you're surrounded by a bunch of Aussies and just Wade alone, I start talking with a little bit of an accent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was funny on the first day when I got there, um, we had a little bit of a meeting with Gavin and who's one of the the local announcers and Wade and. Uh, Michael Perry, who runs the the racetrack now, and interestingly enough, the first thing they said to me was don 't try to call the races like we do we We brought you here because we want to experience the American and calling a race in australia that 's what they wanted so it it kind of took the pressure off of me honestly because I was thinking, you know do I have to?" call a slide job a speculator, or do I have, you know, those, those kind of things. <laughs> and thank God I did, you know, because, um, I was trying to balance calling cars that I've never seen before yeah. and getting all of that part. Right. What I did pick up was, you know, they have, they have phrases like, you know, when we talk about that guy over there, right. You know, or, yep. or, Hey, do you remember that guy we worked with yep. last weekend? They call him like old mate, you know, Hey, old mate last yep. weekend brought us a tire. I picked up some of those things, but I, did, I don't think I picked up the, the accent or anything like that, but <laughs> I did funny. pick up some unique terms.
1: What was that? What was the slide job as a, um. what would you call it? A speculator. A speculator. That I, sounds way too I do, challenging. I do want to hear that. a speculator in Knoxville, though, this year. I want to hear a speculator. <laughs> I, uh, I want to hear that. That's fantastic. And, and Tony, speaking of Knoxville, and I, and I think I mentioned this, we had we'd wanted to reach out to you. We knew last week was Jet Lag City. We know it's marginal Jet Lag City now. We wanted to reach <laughs> out to you and how about our good timing, our good fortune. John McCoy went to the fair board last night and the Knoxville Raceway, Knoxville Nationals purse, 1.159 or 1,159,000, um 185 to win, 15 grand to start, a great person the 360 Nationals. Tony, it has got to be really neat for you as as the host, the announcer at this track, to see the fair board, John. Everybody just keep pouring back into this big event when we all come out there to your neighborhood in a, in a in a few months.
2: Yeah, it really is, and you know, there's been a lot of pressure on the fair board and on Knoxville lately because of all these big paying events that have showed up, the million to win, what what uh, the folks at Houston have done, you know, with their big race with the high limit series everybody's been asking, okay, Knoxville, you know, you, you always paid more, you know, what are you going to do? And probably what, one of the things that makes me most proud um, of Knoxville Raceway and of the Marion County Fair Board is they, they recognize that it's the Knoxville Nationals is a big event. It's a long event, Aaron, you've experienced it. It's a long week. It's an expensive week. And so instead of paying the man that wins all the money, they they took that money and spread it across the field, right? And so, you know, th- look at it this way: you could make the argument that there's no a main in the country that pays seven hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars mm. to the to the top twenty-four finishers. That's huge money, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, you know, fifteen thousand to win, you can win twenty thousand dollars for finishing tenth. You know, there's there's drivers that will never win a twenty thousand dollar race in their career. But if you can finish 10th in the Knoxville Nationals, it's $20,000. So I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm glad um, that the Fair Board didn't just – they could write a check. They could say, oh, well, you want to pay a million to win? We can do that too because they could. And I'm glad they didn't, though. I'm glad they spread it out um, because running the Knoxville Nationals is not getting any cheaper. And, and so it gives a few more guys a chance to make a few bucks. Um, same way with the 360 Nationals um with the lap money you could win $35,000 um Jeez. for the 360 nationals. So that's all really positive stuff in my opinion. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I love that they spread out that that purse certainly for someone who's made the A main twice but I don't think I finished a, uh, f- above 18th. So yes, I love that they did that with the purse. Tony, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit of, about what you said about Knoxville feeling the pressure from these other big races. You know, there's like it seems like it's a big topic of conversation, our sport, when you have the Chili Bowl that's paid 10000 to win for a gazillion years, and you still get the big names. However, this year, it didn't have a few of them. But the Knoxville Nationals have such a long history, and it's such a prestigious race, and it's, it's being able to say you won that race. But like you said, there are yep. these races now that are coming in uh, with big purses. W- what is that like for, from your point of view?
2: Well, I think a couple things have to be factored in. Is It's easy to pay $1 million to win one time. Um, but to, to pay the, the kind of purses that the Knoxville nationals has paid for as many years as they yeah. have done it yeah. to me mm-hmm. is really the Testament. Um, and, and you're right that winning the Knoxville nationals is super important to the drivers. And, you know, we've always heard they'd race for a watermelon, but they really wanted to win. Right. We've always heard that joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that the money is important, but winning the Knoxville nationals, as you know, Aaron is not easy. Just qualifying for the feature alone is not easy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm glad that they didn't overreact. Um, I was asked about that many times in Australia about, okay, when's Knoxville's big announcement, and my response was, well, what big announcement are you expecting? Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I don't think it does. It does. I don't think it does support any good for us to go out or Knoxville to go out and pay a million dollars or 1.1 million dollars to Uff Eldora. Because all that does is squeeze the smaller tracks that are trying to put on profitable shows uh, because the pressure just keeps trickling down, right It, it starts yeah. somewhere and then everybody else has to kind of come along and and there are promoters that are that are lucky if they can break even or make a few dollars in in you know putting on a race. so I'm glad that that Knoxville didn't do anything like that. I'm glad they stepped back and said, "Nope, we're glad those tracks are doing it, and we'll support it." You know, we 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 went dark a few nights so that Jackson can have some more cars, or Houston can have cars. That's to me how you lead the industry as a the premier racetrack is you don't have to be reactionary, you don't have to pay the most money to win as long as your your
1: program is solid and repeatable. Yeah, the real wisdom and, there, and
3: yeah. you can you know maintain that sustainability.
1: Yeah, yeah. right, right. But did you say it's easy to pay a million dollars? Man, the machine business must be good for you, Tony. Holy <laughs> cow! You must well, be selling and wheeling and dealing. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean it's easy in the true sense oh, that okay. hey, anybody can
2: do it. But my Man. point is just, you know, you <laughs> I'm, can I'm, you, you can put on a a big race yeah, one time. Yeah. But yeah. You know, try to do that two years in a row or three years in a row, and not that. And I and look, I'm not trying to cast any shade on. On on those races oh, no. because I love it. Yeah, and, and I love racing at Eldora, and you know it breaks my heart that many nights I can't go because we're racing. Because I love what Eldora does for the sport. I love what Houston's is doing, and we need those kind of tracks, you know, doing those events just to keep keep people excited, keep you know the the focus on sprint car racing. So uh, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not casting shade on them for doing yeah. that. I just think it's really important to step back and say, we, we want to offer a product that we can repeat. And, and I think that's what Knoxville's been long known for is always being known for having the best overall purse for a big event like the Nationals.
1: Totally agree, and you, yep. you, you presented that well. I was thinking, though, if you're doing a million dollars thing, if you need anyone to carry your bags around the country <laughs> or anything like that, I mean, man. Carry your bags to Australia. Yeah, carry your bags to Australia. Maybe some of that will fall, fall, out, fall out of your wallet and, uh, you know, trickle along there. <laughs> That's... Well,
2: as you know, Postman,
1: this announcing gig is quite lucrative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know our business way too well, don't you? <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh, that is cool. Tony, finally, um, just as we're, we're still a few months out from the opener, but the overall season at Knoxville, how's what, 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 what are you hearing out there? How are things looking for you guys out there?
2: Uh, I think it's looking good. Lots of excitement. Um, you know, we've got Tyler Gronendijk, who's been a, a champion in our 305 division moving up to the 360s this year. So that's going to be really good. He's a competitive guy, small team, um, but very competitive. Um, I just texted with Terry McCarroll last night. He's ready to go again. Um, He's looking to do some other stuff too, but going to be back in the 360s. We're going to have Lachlan McHugh racing with us on a fairly regular basis um, in the Deuce 5 car that J.J. Hickel drove last year. So I think all three of our classes are going to be really strong again this year. And, um, you know, having the Madsons there, uh, you know, Carey's going to do some some time with Guy Forbrook again this year. So that'll be good, um, you know, to give Brian Brown a, a run for his money, so to speak. Um, so I, all indications are we'll have three strong divisions again this year.
1: Going to be exciting. That is for sure, mm-hmm. Tony. And uh, complete honesty, I love just following along your social media over the last couple of yeah. weeks, your journey to Australia Thank and back. Uh, really, really good stuff. And I'm glad we had a chance to share with you here today on Wing Nation. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you down the road real soon. All right, thanks, Steve and Aaron. I appreciate you having me on. There we go. Tony Bakhoven, boy, he is so right about the um, when he was talking about the sustainability mm-hmm. and that Knoxville every year yeah. It gets a little bit. It gets better and better and better. But it's but it's repeatable year, and after, it's paid year after year throughout
3: the field. Throughout the field. I mean, field. It, it was 20 years ago. I remember just making the A main. We're like, wow, this is like our biggest payout so far yeah, this year. Yeah,
1: 15 grand to yeah. start the A main. I saw it like like because the front four from the um, the front four from the B obviously move in. I think fifth place, 10 grand. Yeah, in the B main, which is to win a standard World of Outlaw race.
3: Exactly. Uh,
1: I love it. I really do. And great to catch up with Tony as always. Always love talking to him. And um, gotta check out those cinnamon donuts that they have over there. <laughs> down under. We need to step away when we come back. More Wing Nation. Sage fruit is a premium grower, packer, and shipper of Washington tree fruit. Apples, pears, and cherries, and it's always an exceptional eating experience, and they're grown in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Not only is their produce healthy, but they are grown with such care and precision that you can count on each piece of fruit having exceptional flavor. High quality fruit, exceptional flavor, healthy snacking. Make sure when you go to your local grocery store, ask for sage fruit. Sage Fruit, it's our first choice for quick and easy snacking. So we were all jacked up this week, wanted to talk to all of our friends with the World of Outlaws. You guys actually, Aaron and Ashley, for our MAV TV show later on, as uh, Brad Sweet joins mm-hmm. them. We're all jacked up, and we reach out. Who are we going to get? We're going to talk to Gravel. No, <laughs> can't do that. No, we can't do this one. No, we, they're shooting all their video stuff yeah. today. So I cannot wait. I'm bummed that we weren't able to get our World of Outlaw drivers on with us today but I think they're in lunch break down there now, and they were they're like doing all
3: their poses. Yeah, they're so. doing all their poses <laughs> and
1: all their video shoots, and so uh, can't wait to see what uh, what the world of all has because they're Dirt Vision on screen. I know I, I sat there one night at Houston's last year, just watching the. The drivers tell about their favorite car, their favorite street car, their yeah. first street car. Uh, World of Outlaws and Dirt Vision do such a good job. And so they're busy doing that. But, uh, man, we've, we've, we've not lacked, that's for sure, with, uh, with Mark Smith and Tony Bakhoven joining us here as well. National Sprint Car Hall of Fame birthday calendar. Yesterday, Speedy Helm, Larry Sullivan, Bill White. Later this week, uh, Sunday would have been the birthday of Dick Toby Tobias. Fred Offenhauser would be on Saturday. Alex Morales, Jan Opperman would, uh, would be Thursday. Uh, Jimmy Oski uh, tomorrow, and tomorrow is the birthday of Gene Lynch, and you get a smile on your face when I mention Gene Lynch.
3: I do, I do. I love Gene, I love the family, got to know them when, you know, was racing full-time, and just a person that has been so impactful, a woman that's been so impactful in the sport of sprint car racing.
1: She was a 2013 inductee into the Sprint Car Hall of Fame, the third woman to be inducted into the Sprint mm-hmm. Car Hall of Fame. She got involved in motorsports because she married a guy named Ed Lynch. And that started at 1968. She had her first job. It was a track in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. She was a publicist. She sold tickets. She did lineups. She scored the races. She did payoff, And her career took her from everywhere from NASCAR to CART to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, All-Star Circuit of Champions, and numerous tracks Mm -hmm. across the country. Numerous tracks. She was the promoter. She was the general manager of so many of those, including Tri-City Speedway in Franklin, Pennsylvania. She was the promoter of the racetrack there. And one of her drivers acted <laughs> up. So she gave her husband a two-week suspension from racing because he acted up.
3: Well, you got to do what you got to do.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, that's pretty badass. She said an do?
3: example there.
1: Well, she set an example there, <laughs> and uh, that's it. So uh, Gene Lynch, Hall of Fame, 2023 inductee into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. We talked about this, and, and I'm so fired up about it. We're racing tonight, uh, All-Stars. And uh, tonight and tomorrow night on Flow Racing from Volusia. And then Thursday night, going to pop some popcorn, pop a top on a cold frosty one and dial up some Dirt Vision for the World of Outlaw and NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. Um, I just, I, I want to echo what I said at the top of the show. We are in for a treat this year. Yeah, we For Sprint Car Racing. I just feel like we are, there's so much good going on there. And we're just in for a treat. And um, again, get out to the racetracks. I'm going to re-echo that too. Uh, get out to the racetracks, but, uh, but where we can't make it to the racetracks flow and dirt vision do a great job covering mm-hmm. it and uh, cannot wait to see how things unfold this week. And then uh, won't be long. Pennsylvania be starting up and then it's game on Then it's hang on. <laughs> so, um, but it's fun stuff. It really is. So neat, neat stuff. That is for sure. We are very active and involved on social media. Uh, we have a Twitter account. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group, and all of these shows and everything that you are uh, following along with can be uh, can be found on our YouTube page. Uh, you can get Wing Nation gear at ShopWingNation.com. That's ShopWingNation.com. Or if you go to the racetrack, uh, Tom Book Motorsports, that's Justin Peck's team, merchandise trailer. Wherever they travel, they will have Wing Nation gear, and Sky has just done a great job mm-hmm. with that gear. So uh, Utah, uh, you chat at Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit for TV. Uh, for Revin for Mav, you talked to Brad Sweet. Brad, we did. We had a great visit.
3: Yes, he's uh, he seems looking like in a really good place, and they're uh, very optimistic about the year.
1: I'm sure they yeah, are. Yeah, he
3: was very chatty. It was a good good That's conversation. Good. That's
1: good. Brad's Brad's just become such a wonderful, mm-hmm. um, obviously a wonderful champion in the sport, and and then all the work he's done out in California with the racing out yeah. there, and then with High Limits. Uh, It's going to be neat. It's going to be neat to see how this year unfolds and how things all sort out. So you can catch that. Rev TV, Wednesday night at 830. Mav TV, our new time, 1230 on Friday. And I got busted beyond you with everyone telling everyone to set their DVRs. (laughs) Everyone, whatever you need to do to record it, record it or watch it live. That's it. So, PCRs. Who knew? Uh, Next thing I know, I'm going to walk into V. I'm going to walk into Best Buy and say, "Do you have any VCRs?" Yeah. Where's
3: the nearest Blockbuster? Yeah.
1: Where's the nearest? Yeah, because I'm going to Blockbuster to get some movies. <laughs> yeah, fun stuff. So, ah, uh, great, great time. That's for sure. We do appreciate Mark Smith and Tony Bachhoven for joining us here on the program. But more important than that, thank you for joining us here on Wing Nation this week.